Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are going to discuss about the distraction and destruction in this program too. In earlier programs, we discussed with our guest, Gaurav Rastogi, about leading in the age of distraction and destruction. Uh, we followed it up with certain other segments uh, which talked about what is distraction and what is destruction. Today we are going to talk about how did we land up here? What happened? So we'll be talking about what is the relationship of human being here and the cultures around us and technology. Before we start, let me introduce Gaurav to you. Gaurav Rastogi is the co-founder of an artificial intelligence startup, Infinote.com. He started that after a long career in driving sales transformation at an $8 billion software services company. He's MBA from India's uh, number one program, I am Ahmedabad. He's also uh, an author for two business books. And he firmly believes that future of work is going to be very different and the monolithic corporate model that we all are familiar with will not exist. The companies will tap into distributed workforce that are all shared with other companies or maybe individuals and that as employees will mix working, learning, relearning, relearning, sorry, in quick successions. In quotes, what he says, computers were once people too. And he says he believes that much of what we currently dislike about work is the repetitiveness and lack of satisfaction. All that will be done by computers and artificial intelligence. That's what his own startup, Infinote, is all about. Now, there is another very interesting side to Gaurav. He is also Ikras Gorath, that's his spiritual name. And he is the founder of a non-profit, Mantra Chakra Foundation, that promotes healthy living through meditation and yoga. He is a renowned meditation teacher with advanced yoga credentials. And he has also authored one meditation ebook and podcast on meditation called Living Meditations which is available on iTunes and everywhere else. So you can find, in a way, Gaurav with another name called Akras Gorak. Welcome, Gaurav. Oh, Good to be back here. Yeah. And, and Gaurav, uh, we have been having very interesting discussions in, in our past programs that how it is becoming very different uh, to lead maybe organizations, societies, whatever you call the leadership in the age where there's a lot of distraction. And also there is a destruction of the old modes, the way we used to do things in the past. Now in this program, I need to tap into your knowledge and talk to our listeners, what's happening in terms of the relationship between human beings, the cultures around us, and the impact of technology on both, and the interwoven relationship of these three. Sure. Um, you know, when you read science fiction, you read about these cyborgs, these cyber organisms that are half human and half machine. Right. And uh, it seems like it'll be somewhere in the future we'll have chips implanted in our head and our hands will be robotic or whatever. Uh-huh. And, so on. and we think of these as being other than us, these sort of cyber organisms or cyborgs and so on. But the truth is that we humans are uniquely already cyborgs. We have co-evolved with our technologies. Mm-hmm. And um, and that shows up in um, in our culture. It shows up in the in the tremendous success of the human uh, race itself in an extremely brief uh, window of time. Our ability to adapt, our ability to evolve, our ability to be inventive in our search for new tools and deploying those new tools to uh, to uh, to aid the growth of humanity, and one might argue uh, to the detriment of the planet, but we'll keep keep that aside. But we're really cyborgs. We are we are co-evolved with technology. The underlying rhythm, the underlying balance is simply this: for millions of years, from the primate ape. Uh, uh, the humans and, and technology 
tended to co-evolve and, mm-hmm. and they tended to co-evolve by way of hey the opposable thumb allows us to pick things up the upright posture allows us to walk long distances in the savanna or uh, wherever humans evolved the, uh, the the change in our uh, vocal cords allowed us to vocalize in a wider range than the grunts that our forebears had so these are all technologies these are sort of physical technologies which we put to to great use the whites of our eye which allowed us to coordinate with uh, uh, other uh, other humans without speaking non verbal communication including the famous iro mm-hmm. so all of these are, are non verbal uh, communication so verbal communication non verbal communication new ways of holding ourselves upright new ways of holding things these are technologies so to speak that humans have co-evolved with and so the human genetic material and culture has has evolved but that process takes hundreds or thousands of generation to, uh, to 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 be put into place the more recent changes are that uh, if you look at a, a triangle with three things written on them there's humans there is technology and there's culture and what's happened in the last couple of 100000 years is that technology and culture have tended to co-evolve humans uh, modern humans are the same as we were maybe 200000 years ago genetically and if you took if you had a time machine you went back in time you got a human from that time and put them into the planet today they would might be they may look different but certainly uh, in terms of their genetic material they're no different and um, and that's just that but culture and technology have continued to evolve so i'm going to list a few things that might uh, be interesting you look at uh, language itself the mm-hmm. fact that you and i are talking and if i ask you to imagine a red ball you would absolutely imagine a, a spherical shape with the color with with red color on it true now how is it that i'm able to transfer this thought uh, of course we have language and we have we have evolved this language to communicate and transfer a state of mind between each other amongst each other we can discuss past present and future with this language we can communicate culture through language so language is a technology that has allowed these cultures to evolve uh, 10000 years ago agriculture was invented so mm-hmm. for the vast existence of modern humans uh, we we've, we've been a foraging hunter gatherer type species and suddenly so somewhere they or many places they invent agriculture mm-hmm. and immediately the culture of their society changes because now the need to move from place to place is no longer there and now you can settle down and mm-hmm. when you settle down your norms have to change your society has to adjust to the fact that you're no longer moving and you can now acquire and own assets when you're traveling you want to travel light mm-hmm. but when staying in one place you might want to say this is my piece of land and this border of rock separates my land from your land and that sort of stuff so clearly as new technology is evolved the cultural norms change and a new agricultural culture so to speak uh, evolves uh, you look at um, uh, those little cowrie shells that you get in india and africa right uh, those were used as currency cowries mm-hmm. recorded in india right so right. certainly currency was evolved and little tokens which represented things other than their own intrinsic value uh, came around and suddenly you could now transact with people that you did not have a barter equation with and now you could transact across cultures and across civilizations and so on and trade is born so currency allows you to trade and trade allows you to acquire goods that have more value for example little uh, blue uh, necklaces for example so all of these things uh, become part of your cultural uh, framework so the takeaway is that in the early years of early few million years humans and technology co-evolved and you look at for example even fire the evolution of humans is dependent on fire in fact um, there has been research that suggests that essentially fire and cooking mm-hmm. allowed us to be the smart humans that we are because instead of spending our digestive energy in energy in digestion mm-hmm. 
third of our energy in digestion. We're spending one third of our energy through glucose in our brain uh, because we have outsourced digestion. We pre-digest food by way of fire. So suddenly that cultural shift has also taken place. So in the initial few million years, humans and technology were co-evolving. In the last few hundred thousand years, mm -hmm. technology and culture around the humans have co-evolved mm -hmm. and have created these stable uh, periods of growth and success for the human civilization. That's always happened. Uh, the challenge we're facing now is that just the way that humans cannot evolve so fast, the same way culture can also not evolve so fast because technology is outpacing the rate of change that culture can adjust to. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the big breakdown, a lot of the disruption that we are seeing is on account of technology, oh, uh, you know, lapping, as you say, in a race, right? They're, they have overlapped, they have crossed over, and, and now they're running another, uh, you know, they're running the 51st round and culture is still running the 40th round on the, around the race track. Right. That's what's happening. So culture has become slow to respond to technology because yeah. technology has accelerated in in this uh, in the last few decades, and that's really what's creating this really interest interesting juxtaposition of humanity and culture and technology. Yeah, so it looks like so human being is responsible to develop the culture. Human being is responsible to develop the technology. So there are three rates of change happening there for the human being to develop for culture to develop and for technology. Somehow the human being has accelerated the development of technology more than developing himself or the culture. So now technology is dictating the human being how he should change. Now it's, and then the culture is masses of human being. So basically what I hear you say, uh, Gaurav is, yeah, trigger point is human, which is culture and, and technology, but it's, he has driven technology so fast and the evolution of technology has allowed it at this stage to be becoming very disruptive by being available to be developed much faster than a human being can do or a culture can adapt to. So, uh, Gaurav, what we're going to do is at this stage, we will take a short break and we'll continue our discussions after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. I have with me Gaurav Rastogi, and we are having very, very interesting discussion about the relationship of human culture and technology in the disruptive technologies, in the distractions around us, and how these three are interrelated, and how all three are changing, driven by the human being, but happening at a different pace, which is creating the distraction and destruction. So, Gaurav, uh, uh, very interesting discussion. 
before the break. I would let you continue with your thought process, what you're talking about, uh, before we took a break. So, uh, you know, this concern about fast changes in technology and how uh, how humans uh, may eventually be under threat or how culture may itself not be able to keep pace, this is not a new concern. Uh -huh. it does, it's always been a concern every time large large-scale technology change happens. Even a couple of hundred years ago, if you look at, you know, the story of Frankenstein's uh, monster, yeah, that story came about because a lot of research in electricity was being done at the time. Oh, and, okay. uh, and the thing was, look, uh, this, this monster has been created and you don't know how it might shape up and come back to, you know, to, uh, to haunt you. Mm -hmm. And so, and even in Indian epics, uh, you might remember, there's a story of this monster who so if you let one blood, one drop of blood drop to the ground, it will uh, recreate itself. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the challenge that the gods have is, how do you kill this monster without any drop of blood falling to the ground? Oh, yeah. And there's another epic uh, also in the Indian tradition where uh, there is this monster who, who can kill anything he touches. Yeah. And the challenge for the gods is, of course, every god is now under threat because clearly he has the, this blessing and he could essentially destroy all the gods if he touched them. Yeah. And so the is to figure out a way for uh, uh, the mother goddess to to make him touch his own head. And then when he touches his own head, of course, he's gone. He kills himself, yeah. Exactly. And so this problem of technology running amok, mm -hmm. this vicious cycle of destruction, is not a new problem. It's been around forever because we have seen how technology changes the old culture and sometimes rapidly, sometimes it gives us time to respond. Mm -hmm. Not news at all. Mm -hmm. The challenge we're facing now is that technology, this viciously uh, fast, you know, picking up momentum uh, uh, part of technology, it has its own momentum mm -hmm. and it has a momentum now which allows us, which uh, we are unable to comprehend, we are unable to come face to face with it. And uh, we don't know how to respond to it. The reason this is happening now is um, information technology, computational technology, mm -hmm. and all the devices that have come in here are coming in at a, at a pace far greater than, um, than before. For example, uh, when electricity was, uh, this is a chart from The Economist, the Singularity University came out with this uh, diagram. Mm -hmm. How long does it take for a new technology to reach a quarter of the population? Okay. And when electricity was launched, it took 46 years for electricity in the United States mm -hmm. to reach one quarter of the population. 46 years is more than two human generations. And that's already super quick, culture you know, doesn't respond so quickly. Uh, but 46 years. Mm -hmm. And then railroad comes along, and that's maybe a little over 30 years. Mm -hmm. But it becomes faster and faster and faster now. Television, radio, telephone, internet, uh, the new iPhone, iOS upgrades, all of these new technologies are now coming in at a rate which is now not even weeks to reach a quarter of the population. Right. Uh, true story. Uh, this had happened a couple of years ago. You slept in your home if you were a Tesla car owner with one car in your garage. Right. And next morning you have an, entire, an entirely different car in your garage because Tesla, Tesla just pushed their autonomous driving code to the car. Ah. It's physically it's the same car, but right. it is now it is now able to drive itself freely on the freeway. You could take your hands off, the, or you could keep your hands on the wheel, but it would drive itself. So basically, they brainwashed the car. They chained the, the, the brain of the car. That's so powerful, and nobody inside, nobody came visited you. You didn't touch the car. Next you morning, you went. It's a different car, thinking differently. That's yeah. amazing. And so that's that's the height of disruption in your personal life, <laughs> in your personal so vehicle. How, many, how, how long did it take for one quarter of Tesla owners to get the new update overnight? Yeah. Um, and and so here's that's the challenge that we're dealing with here, which is 
uh, the pace of change of technology mm -hmm. is now no longer multi-generational, which allows for a slow evolution of culture. It is no longer single generational. It's not just you know a twenty-year uh, gap. It's now within a few weeks to a few months. So Twitter hadn't been around, and next thing you know, Twitter is around, and people are now ascribing the Arab Spring of 2010 mm -hmm. to Twitter and Twitter-like technologies. Crazy, isn't it? Because now culture and societies are having to conform to. Uh, for example, um, just a few weeks ago, a few days ago, in fact, the United States president fired a guy on Twitter. Wow. And how do you risk? There's no cultural precedent to this sort of um, event. Mm -hmm. What do you think in this situation? So that's that's really what's going on, where uh, humans are not obviously evolving within a week. Mm -hmm. uh, Culture is having a tough time evolving within a couple of years, two years, three years, four years, but technology is unrelenting in its in its evolution. Mm -hmm. And so we're having we're facing deep disruption in our in in our previous conversation we discussed all the disruption in politics, business, economics, education, mm -hmm. uh, societies at large. All of this is happening because technology is evol evolving faster than we can handle it, and then our culture can adjust. Mm -hmm. what else? And of course, humans are not evolving at all within a few years. Mm -hmm. So I think as we discussed in the earlier segment, so it's, it's all being child of human being, first of all. And uh, I, I, I understand and I like the way you gave the examples of how things have changed. In uh, the other one example which I saw on one of the videos about when the cars came into play, the automotive industry, how it grew and it just took 13 years and that time it looked like uh, it's very fast and it was in year 1900 in, in New York for, for the parade. Uh, they had only one car in all horse carts in 1900, but 1913 all cars, but one cart, a horse driven cart. So. In 1900, that 13 years looked so fast, so quick, and now the same human being we brought in the car into existence is disrupting to other technologies. And the best example I could get on the other end is what you gave the Tesla, that you have the car with you and you just went to sleep and you got up next day and you have a different um, uh, car with you. Same thing, and then you gave another example of the iPhones. How many times you, when, when they push an, an upgrade of their software, your phone behaves very differently. You know, the characteristics are changing so fast. So the, the rate of change eventually is becoming detrimental. So the distractions and destructions which are coming, ultimately the society is led by the human being, is controlled through the culture around it, and if the human being is not evolving as fast as he is himself evolving the technology and he's not able to do on the culture also, how do you lead in that environment? So basically I see here is, is something has to happen. Then how does a human being in this relationship, especially if it's in a leading role, how do you tune yourself? What do you do? to outpace the development of technology, otherwise uh, is that a suggestion that technology will be ruling the human and the culture, they would be the deciding factor. So Gaurav, we will now take a short break and we will continue our discussions on the relationship of human beings, culture and the technology and how the rate of change of each one of them is impacting. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We are having very fascinating discussion with our corporate yogi, Mr. Gaurav Rastogi, on uh, what happened. How did we end up where we are today with a lot of distraction around us, a lot of destruction happening around us. Gaurav, let's move on now. We talked about human culture and the technology part. Let's share with our listeners about the culture. Okay, so um, what's happening here, if you think about how is culture shaped by technology, if that's the question to, to spend some time thinking about. Right. Um, let's talk about something as, as commonplace as, say, the microwave oven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a new uh, uh, invention. It's not been around forever. It's been around for maybe 50, 60 years. And when it came around, maybe people thought it was interesting. It was a curiosity. You know, you go to a an exposition and there's someone shows you this this device, and you're like, okay, this yeah. is interesting. It can heat water. I don't know why I need to buy a big device to heat water, but okay, yeah. whatever. Then you start using it, and then you think it's okay. This seems like it's fairly convenient. I can heat water and potatoes and popcorn and a whole bunch of other stuff. Hey, this is cool. Yeah. And then you realize, you know what, uh, this is more than just convenient. I can change my lifestyle. I can cook maybe uh, not three times a day, but you know, three times a week. And the rest of the time, I can just warm the food up with um, uh, with the microwave because it's so handy and convenient. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, TV dinners. Suddenly, you can buy these frozen things and you can now microwave and mm-hmm. eat and sit in front of the TV and become a couch potato. Mm-hmm. Suddenly... What seems sudden is that the culture ha- has evolved around this technology and everything is shaped by it. It's the same with the automotive. Why does everyone need to have a garage in their home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of them homes have garages in them. The question is why the heck should that happen? Mm-hmm. Why should you buy large homes, stay away from other humans? You know, if humans were li- living inside cities, tightly packed, and so on. Suddenly, roads are invented. Uh, you know, European German-style roads are, are, are put in place, autobahns. And then uh, you realize, well, you know, maybe ten more minutes later, and I'm just going to be down the street, bigger home. Yeah. And now I need a, a home with a garage, two cars, three car. Uh, you're in Houston, so maybe Texans have six-car garages. I'm not sure. <laughs> but lots of garages, lots of cars in your garage. And why is that the norm? It's the norm because Suddenly, um, it seems like a cultural necessity for everyone to have a car, initially as a convenience, and now as a lifestyle. In fact, uh, there's a pun in Hindi, which is, mm. if you don't have a car, you're useless. The Hindi word for useless is bekar. Yeah, <laughs> without a car. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's how culture changes in line with technology. And now you look at what's happening now is, uh, what Uber is trying to do, what Google, Waymo, and others are trying to do is, is, is atomize the concept of a car ownership and say, you know what, you don't really need the car when it's in your garage, it's useless. Right. What if I give you just the car you need and you didn't have to pay any more? Mm-hmm. Which means when you want a car, it shows up. Now what that means is in five years, why would you pay for a garage in your home if you're not going to keep a car there? You're going to convert that garage into something more interesting, a living room or a, who knows, a game room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what that means is suddenly the pattern of home ownership will change and the garage will no longer be the centerpiece of every home. Mm, that's a great point. And the living can move back into cities 
instead of people going away to suburbs. I think this is a brilliant point. If you look at buying a car itself, one is garage, which you which you correctly mentioned, um, you can utilize that space for something better. Second is, how much do you use the car and asset which you own? You know, it's, it's if it's 24 hours in a day, how much time are you spending in the car? And how much money you have put into it? So is it really worth that kind of money or that, that capital could be of use somewhere else for better purpose? Could be used for education, learning something new, or a different style of living. Yeah. So that's technology enabled change in culture and ease of living. You don't have to drive. So if you have driverless cars or an Uber, you can even uh, be in your thought process while you are sitting in the car because you're not driving. You don't have to pay attention and you can work or whatever you want to do. Yeah. And and so suddenly society changes yet again with every invention. It happens all the time. Culture uh, is our, our buffer between us and, and technology and it allows us to, to make meaning out of technology. It allows us to make meaning out of the society that we're creating around each other mm-hmm. and, um, and evolve. Uh, and, and what's happening now, of course, is that culture cannot move fast enough into the future because these are new patterns. Right. What can be useful is, uh, now there's a joke meme that goes around, um, where you have the European hieroglyphics. Uh-huh. Let me rephrase. Egyptian hieroglyphics. Uh-huh. Uh, which are, you know, little, you know, shapes of eye, man, bird, yeah. and what, and right next to it is, is modern communication, which is emojis. Ah. They look, and, uh, and so a lot of old culture is new again. Yeah. Because it's time again to use a framework you've already understood. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, in the modern age where we're looking at destruction all around and distractions mm-hmm. uh, all around, which cultural system can we go back to and say, hey, this looks like a good framework to use to respond to this fast-moving changes outside mm-hmm. and uh, and this. A clamor for attention, which is making us uh, distracted and unhappy. How do we reclaim uh, the, the this balance between fast-changing technology and ourselves mm-hmm. by using a cultural framework we already know and uh, and has been established in time? That's a good example. I'm say if I go back <coughs> to my student days, how important it was to have a good handwriting because writing a letter and that too cultural thing was very important and a good handwriting probably depicted your personality, how well organized you are, how well you write. But now the new technology has taken away that pressure from the students during their learning phase that you do not have to put your mind to work on how to improve your handwriting or write yourself. Rather, you could be doing much faster with the computer and getting out of those hundreds of fonts which you want to write with. So that's, that's again a game changer in terms of uh, technology. But one, one piece which seems intriguing to me, which you mentioned, that although technology is changing very fast, human is driving it, and some of the past cultural cultural properties or the culture which we have used, they are coming back. Is that a true statement or will they again be very useful in the new technological environment or they have become redundant, it can't be used? So, uh, the way to look at it is, uh, uh, this is not a a reversion to an older culture, but simply using uh, patterns that have been established in previous Ah, okay, that's a great point. In the modern context. No one is saying that you should shut down your computers and you should uh, Mm -hmm. uh, stop the... the, uh, Technology has its own momentum. Mm -hmm. Uh, We believe humans are driving it. Mm-hmm. But fact is, technology has its own momentum that is independent of our ability to drive it. It's the same with science mm-hmm. and scientific progress. It's just these ideas have their own momentum. Mm-hmm. And we are only media. The individual inventor is only a medium. If if Steve Jobs didn't invent an iPhone, would it never have been invented? But somebody else would have figured it out eventually. Right. Yeah. But just a little longer. Yeah. So, uh, so coming back to your question, 
these old cultural patterns are useful because they are stable patterns mm-hmm. and though those practices connect to our basic our humanity our our our, our existence as individual as humans and and so they are they're valid patterns for humans mm-hmm. they're valid responses to the technology of their time mm-hmm. and some of them might be valid patterns for the technology of our times as well mm-hmm. now there is another example which i want to pick up here so first of all i agree with, with you that the patterns i think that's the right word that how those patterns are being reapplied now in, in a different shape or form but they are more adaptable to the current technology which is which is brilliant but if you look at uh things repeat in different shape or form which is the barter system to having money and now the cashless transactions yeah you know, you're almost exactly. going there and uh, then it gets related again that the whole institution of banking came into play the 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 methodology of how the money would get exchanged how the whole world got connected how the currencies would be traded exchanged what would be the exchange rate and all that and suddenly we find that the technology has made uh, the currency the transaction values how to transact a boundaryless affair you know and 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 how would the relationship evolve that's yet to be seen but if you look at it that's pretty disruptive that if it's cashless how do you how do you uh, how do you use earlier you knew if dollar is equal to so many renminbi's or a dollar is equal to so many pounds if it becomes boundaryless if the technology is driving the exchange of goods and services and uh, specifically threatening the banking industry that how would that new culture evolve and, and there would be some resistance or there could be some learning from the past that yeah, it worked in the past it will work in the future too and yeah. how so a lot of science fiction writers use use older cultures as a reference for projecting into the future uh-huh. and a lot of times science fiction writers get it right for that exact reason see the technology is changing and people think that because the technology is changing mm-hmm. everything will be different okay. but fact is humans are not changing Mm-hmm. and so the connective bridge between human and technology that cultural bridge mm-hmm. is is still connected to the human mm-hmm. and so any um, uh, any previous connection to the human is still valid the response to technology uh, might vary so mm-hmm. it's not as as if humans will behave very differently in the future because mm-hmm. humans are the way they are mm-hmm. right it's that the cultural norms of that society will be different okay so do you think uh now it it begs another question here which comes to my mind with these disruption and distractions coming the governance issues which will evolve the cultures around how the acceptability of some of the activities or the way things get done and how do you regulate it all of this over a period of time uh will uh, get interlinked again to have a i would say meaningful sustenance in the society because human culture technology they cannot be disconnected i mean they are driving each other all right so got a very interesting discussion we'll continue after a short break Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. 
वेलकम बैक वेलकम टू ग्लोबल बिजनेस विद महेश जोशी वी आर हैविंग वेरी फैसिनेटिंग वेरी थॉटफुल डिस्कशन विद गौरव रस्तोगी टूडे ऑन वट हैपन्ड हाउ डिड वी एंड अप एट ए स्टेज वेयर डिस्ट्रैक्शन एंड डिस्ट्रक्शन एट अ वेरी रैपिड पेस हैज बिकम पार्ट ऑफ आर लाइफ एंड how should one cope with it so garav um, really appreciate you giving insights into how you have ended up here uh, very good relationship uh, you explained very nicely between human culture and technology how one is driving other and how these gears are meshing to run the society and how they may be running at different speeds and how do you align these gears to as an individual for you to be synchronized and be successful in running a peaceful life and achieving something in life i i, I appreciate uh, your use of the gear analogy as a mechanical engineer so <laughs> <laughs> can't stay away from it <laughs> <laughs> not too far so um, so mate uh, let's re- reconsider what we've talked about in in today's conversation and in previous conversations mm-hmm. that this is an age of massive destruction of things we know outside mm-hmm. order and norms that we considered uh, to be stable forever are are now crumbling before us the mm-hmm. way society works the way businesses work the way economics work the way individual relationships work the way education uh, work everything that we were taught as being great and good and stable is now crumbling before us that's one that's the destruction part mm-hmm. of what uh, we were looking at the other part is we also covered that there is massive distraction that technology is capable of and and that distraction is um, is also unprecedented so now if you look at both here's what i'd like you to see i'd like you to see and visualize that outside when you look out from your eyes mm-hmm. there is destruction mm-hmm. of that you see inside the inside you know the viewer of the things from your eyes right mm-hmm. inside you there is distraction so there is chaos both places outside as well as inside and that's leading to extreme unease for us as people because if you're looking for stability outside saying hey i may be messed up inside but mm-hmm. at least i have you know i have a, a house a car a, Uh, you know money in the bank and so on there that external stability is not available mm-hmm. as much anymore if you're looking for stability within and you're saying you know the outside world may be you know crumbling but here at least i have an island of peace inside me well guess what you're so distracted that you're now chasing your own thoughts all the way around and you're you know doing this death loop of uh email and social mm-hmm. media and and you know other smartphone addictions uh, um inside so both outside and inside there is no safe anchor safe place to ground and stabilize or center yourself now we can we covered this in previous conversations now how does society respond to these changes outside as well as inside there are cultural norms that societies have evolved in all previous civilizations to respond to distraction destruction outside and distraction inside and those those had become stable for some time and then you know some other change comes around so culture evolves to adjust to the changes that are brought around by technology mm-hmm. but that culture change it takes time and right now the changes outside due to technology are so fast that culture cannot keep pace that's mm-hmm. the next thing we established then in a previous call we looked at understanding the changes by way of the hand and we said there are five, five changes yeah. we need to right so uh, the thumb was the rise of new media and the mastery of new skills the pointing finger and the decline of the command and control uh, process of, of management and work has is changing the middle finger and the new form of power mm-hmm. on account of uh, uh the willingness to fail and willingness to 
to learn for the sake of learning because learning is what stays with you. The ring finger and new ways of engaging mm-hmm. uh, and an appeal to intuition really mm-hmm. uh, uh, to, to the heart and saying, look, uh, uh, the technology is changing, but the intuition behind technology is what uh, what's interesting. And finally, we looked at the pinky finger and we said the ability to cultivate belief in yourself and in others and the ability to to understand a new kind of math, not mm-hmm. just the linear math. These are important um, uh, things. So we looked at the disruption through these five angle of these five different fingers. Mm-hmm. And we understood that the dis- disruption is understandable in that sense. So mm-hmm. where does that bring us to today? To sum up today's conversation. Uh, my belief, uh, Mahesh, is that the changes outside, mm-hmm. the change inside, are calling for a version of culture, a type of culture that has existed before in previous civilizations. Mm-hmm. Culture that allowed people to be more grounded in themselves. Mm-hmm. Culture that allowed people to find meaning in their activity, irrespective of the outcomes. Mm-hmm. A culture that allowed people to to find flow and meaning from their work mm-hmm. and not from their possessions. These cultural norms have have been very stable and I, I like to call it the yoga of living deeply. Mm-hmm. Because what is the project of yoga? The project of yoga, yoga is literally the word yoke mm-hmm. or joining, joining mm-hmm. two things. And so the joining of the material and the spiritual, joining mm-hmm. of 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 the world that is being destructed outside or destroyed outside Mm -hmm. and the world that is being distracted inside. The joining together of these worlds Mm -hmm. in a way that brings a more stability, more peace, more harmony Mm -hmm. and ultimately more joy. Mm -hmm. And so the yoga of living deeply is a natural response to everything we've covered so far the changes outside Mm -hmm. and the changes within. Mm -hmm. And the interesting part is uh, the the dharmic traditions from India and the East are actually extremely well suited as a response to the changes that are facing all of us, not just here in the West, but all around the world. Mm -hmm. And it is a time to look carefully at those cultural uh, processes and openly understand which of those cultural processes should we try to adopt for ourselves personally and for us as a society. Mm-hmm. That's that's very well said, uh, Gaurav. So basically, uh, we are getting uh, to the time where we are to close the show, but a fascinating learning that what brought us here, how the human culture and technology are interrelated, how the human being who created the culture also drove the technology so fast that the technology is enabling a disruption and distraction in the current way of living. And now the human being has to find out that how does it connect with it and do what he or she is supposed to do. And looks like what you suggested for that you have to you have to do some deep living. Or, as you said, you have to look at the yoga of living deeply. Maybe that's where uh, you find the right balance of things. And and that could be a possible solution where you are connecting to the materialistic world, but you're using your own uh, capabilities, you're developing yourself, you're finding yourself where you should be centered to use your, uh, I would say, humanly powers, which are part of you, which includes your spirituality, your body, and, and how do you think, your emotion, all of it, and what the environment is doing to you, and the, the environment which is so um, so much impacted by the technology today, that it is bombarding at you from all the directions. So I think that gives us a, a very nice plan that when we talk about how do you lead uh, leading in the age of destruction and distraction, maybe the answer li- lies in living deeply 
And that's where you have to learn the art of the, the yoga of uh, living deeply. And uh, maybe the, the next step could be, how do you do the deep work? I think you had mentioned in one of our episodes that, hey, working deeply where you're focused and how you get things done. So, uh, Gaurav, I thank you so much. Very interesting and uh, uh, fascinating discussion. I learned a lot today, and probably that will help us uh, to be ready and move on to the next stage of our discussions in the sequence of these discussions. So, uh, thank you so much, and uh, look forward to our next program to take it to the next level. Thank you. I enjoyed this conversation as well. I see you next time. Thank, thank you. you.